find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, yo, yo. What's good, everyone? What is good, world? What is good, BTB Army? You are tuned into another brand new episode of the world famous Behind the Baller podcast, soon to be rebranded, coming soon, video coming soon. But guys, we are live from San Diego, specifically North County, a place I love. It has been quite some time since I've been here. Was here not that long ago with the kids, but I'm talking about like been here on my own time and through this second part of my fifth life. Anyways, guys, this show is brought to you by the world-famous Dust Brothers, the eight-time podcast producers of the year, Miles Davis and Jordan Winter, original music by Lakey Inspired, theme song by Legal Cartel. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday, September 25th. Nothing fucking happen on September 23rd. I'm not going to talk about it because I just want you motherfucking stupid ass people to understand that. But let's get started with the show. Oh, hold on. I am so rude. Where do I even get off? I am your gracious host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, aka the Korean John Cusack, aka the Korean Harry Higgs, aka the Korean John Daly, aka Odesu, aka Back Nine Ben, aka the Wash Lord. All right. And we got a beautiful show for you. You hear that music in the background? Thank you, Miles. All right, let's get this show started. Guys, I'm in fucking absolutely exhausted. Exhausted in a good way, though, because I need to work my muscles. I need to get my shit right. Okay? So, um... I'm in San Diego right now. We're not going to talk about right right now. I know we don't talk about golf on this show very often in part three is for that. But we're changing some things in part three as well. But we're going to talk about some motherfucking golf because I just had probably a top life experience this past week. As most of you know, I told you I spent four days in Chicago. Well, really, I was in Naperville in uh, Sugar, uh, Sugar Grove, Illinois, to be more specific. It's about an hour outside of uh, Chicago. I was invited by Liv, um, the Liv Tour. Obviously, there was a lot of tension between Liv and the PGA Tour. I had, you know, my thoughts about both. After spending some time, um, I really do understand a little bit more about what they're trying to do with the future of the game. And what they're doing is actually very futuristic in many ways. Anyways, guys, I was flown out to Chicago first class, uh, the Dust Brothers are flown out, and um, let me tell you something real quick. No offense to the PGA Tour. I was treated like a fucking A-list celebrity. All right, again, Liv flew me first class. I get to the airport. I have a driver who is a retired police officer. I had security. I had a fucking armed guard walk with me for 18 holes. Okay, during the live tournament. Let, let me explain something to you guys. I have played several pro-ams now. Not just one, not just two, not just three. I have played several. Three on the PGA Tour, and um, this is my first live one. 
and it is totally different. Um, we shot a few episodes of Par 3, probably the best content we've ever got. And I'm sad to say that I don't know if these episodes will ever air because of some politics that are going on, and, and I'm not happy about it. But I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to be honest. And I'm going to be transparent because this is my show and this is my platform, and nobody owns this content but me. Anyways, back to live. Um, you know, I land and, um, it's not every day that, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm friends with people on the PGA tour. I'm friends with pro golfers, but you know, I got to meet several legends. Okay. When I say legends in golf, I do not use that term loosely at all whatsoever. Okay. Do not use that term loosely in the slightest. And first off, I got to give a big shout out to Greg Norman, a big shout out to the entire Lib organization. I got to give a shout out to my man, Travis, AKA Parking Lot Pro, AKA PGA Memes on Instagram. Bro, you are fucking angel. You are the man and thank you beyond belief. But I get to Chicago, you know, I'll go to the hotel, I'm chilling. I realize I'm further out than I, you know, I should be. Um, went to this place called Oakmont. Uh, mall or something. They had a new Marcus there, or whatever, and just try to kill some time. Hit up Fogo de Chao. I was like, oh shit, it's Fogo de Chao right down the street. You know, got a little Brazilian, uh, you know, uh, steak, barbecue, all that shit. And then um, woke up in the morning, straight to get ready. Had a driver take me to Rich Harvest Farms. Now, if you guys don't know what Rich Harvest Farms is, let me tell you guys, this is a top forty course in the United States of America. This is also a very exclusive country club in the outskirts of Chicago. Michael Jordan is a member, but more importantly, there's 150 members. It is about a half million dollar membership fee to become a member of this country club. 70 of the members don't even live in the United States. And um, Mr. Rich is a billionaire. Um, I forgot what he uh, created to get his wealth, but that's not even important. Dude was a legend, he was absolutely amazing. And so I head over to Rich Far Harvest Farms, and it was just an amazing experience. It was, it was incredible. This guy has a three, $400 million car collection. We got to record the shows there. And first up, I meet the legend Bubba Watson. Now, this man has won two masters, you know, two majors. He's won countless times on the actual PGA Tour. It was, I, I don't even know what to say. I've done 400 episodes of podcast recordings, right? That's including part three. If this wasn't the best interview that I've ever done, it is top three. Not only was this interview so good, again, this is a legend. This is just not just a golf legend, but a legend in sports and everything else and a fucking amazing person. Me and Bubba Watson hit it off so good that he invited me to his house in Florida. He is like offered to give me a ride in his jet to hang out longer and kicked it, ordered some jewelry. We chopped it up for hours, right? And originally I was supposed to play with Cam Smith. He hit up, him and his management hit up Greg Norman and a few other people and said, look, I want to play with Ben Baller. This is a true motherfucking story. So when we got our tea times later that day, I found out that I was playing with Bubba Watson. Um, and it was amazing. Anyways, after that, we interviewed Matt Wolf, who is a tailor-made um, athlete, and um, he has uh, won a couple times. He also uh, came second place in the U.S. Open 
amazing golfer, young kid from Calabasas, California. And then after that, um, I connected with Pat Perez. And now I had mixed thoughts about Pat Perez, you know what I mean? He's loud and this and that, whatever. But imagine what motherfuckers think about me, right? So that was funny. Me and Pat Perez hit it the fuck off. He's real close my, with my dog, George uh, Lopez. And the funny thing is, um, Bub Watson's actually really cool with George Lopez. And so me and Pat hit it off. I don't want to talk about it too much. I want to be, make me surprised. Hopefully we get to air this episode. But we chilled, kicked it, end up taking fucking each other's phone number. This motherfucker invited me to his house. In fact, he offered to have his jet come get me, take me to Arizona, play Silverleaf, play any course I want and kick it. Dude was so fucking chill, so fucking cool. Dude was really one of the best fucking people ever. And I just had an amazing start. Second day there, just having a fucking great time get back to the hotel, freshen up, and now we're going to the Pro-Am Chicago Live kickoff tour uh, party at Rich Harvest Farms, right? Take picks, kick it. Every single, all 48 Live players were at the party. And the way they do this is totally different from anything the PGA Tour does. You would never have all the players in one thing. It's just, it's crazy. They're all cool with each other. All 48 players chilling in a party. Um, There's mad celebrities there. There was Bo Jackson. My boy Reggie Bush was there. Zach Levine, Alex Caruso, Brian Urlacher. Fuck, just a lot of people. I can't remember all the names. And basically this party was three hours long, but the live tour pros were required to stay there for 90 minutes. I had Jordan and Miles there. And I see Phil Mickelson, you know, chilling, kicking it. And um, there's food, there's booze, there's everything you can fucking think of. DJ, the whole nine. And pun intended, Dustin Johnson was there kicking it. I met everybody, got to hang out. Um, I meet Kevin Na for the first time. We had talked uh, briefly on Instagram. And, uh, you know, he was one of the first people to defect from uh, the PGA Tour and go to go to live. And, you know, he's Korean. I got to fucking show love. And, you know, he's played with Tiger. He's won a bunch of times on the tour. And I uh, got to meet his wife, got to meet Danny Lee, another dude on his team. And, um, you know, just chopped it up. It was an amazing party. I was kind of nervous, and then I went back to the hotel. When I got back to the hotel, people were kind of drinking, sipping, chilling, and I was like, you know what, let me try to get some rest. So I practiced some putting in the room, kicked it, was like, look, I got a 12, 20 p.m. tea time, which is 10, 20 a.m. L.A. time. So I was like, that's not that bad. I'm kind of feeling, not necessarily off, but I'm definitely nervous, you know. So 8.30 a.m., driver picks me up. I get to the live tour and it's fucking packed. 15,000 people there. Remember, this is not even the fucking main event. Main event's 30, 40, 50,000 people. It's crazy. Party, everything. And I get there, I get to the check-in and again, I am literally treated like somebody. Like I'm treated like somebody special. You know, I think I'm a regular ass dude, but these people don't think I'm a regular ass dude. So I get there, um, I meet some of these guys who've paid to play in the Pro-Am. Um, some sponsors, whatever else. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this right. It's 9.15. I got three hours until my tee time. I'm going to hit some putts. I'm going to hit some balls at the range. I'm going to chill out. But first, I'm going to get some breakfast. And that's one thing I don't usually do. I don't usually eat. And I should because I need some protein. I need some energy. So they got this fucking like five-star you know, buffet with you know, typical shit. French toast, bagels, croissants, eggs, bacon, sausage, omelet bar, the whole nine. And, um, you know, I get some food in me, right? I get a little iced coffee, get a little Coca-Cola, start chopping it up, talking to Pat, talking to Bubba. 
And um, I get like, this nice gift bag, and this gift bag is crazy. It has every fucking thing in it, all top-end, high-end shit from ball markers to fucking, to a divot tool, to hat, to shirts, to a very expensive bourbon. They gifted me a $2,500 Betonardi fucking tour putter. Gifted me um, Pro V1 balls that say live on it. And just, I, I didn't even get into it, like shirts and everything. And then Bubba went to the pro shop and grabbed a bunch of range goats, clothes, polos, custom hats, visors, you name it, bucket hats, then fucking Pat Perez, like, nah, fuck that, you're wearing fucking, you know, four aces, got me four aces hats, got me other shit, and we're just, I have just a big ass bag of shit, I'm like, where the fuck am I gonna hold this? So I'll go outside, see a couple familiar faces, I jump in a golf cart, head over to the range, get to the range, the range is separated between pros per their team, you know, all the teams, range goats, uh, high flyers, all that stuff, crushers, all that. And then um, I get to the amateur um, area to practice, hit some balls. I brought my stealth with me. I'm not going to lie to you. I was hitting it pretty fucking good. And usually when I have a good range session, it means I'm going to play like shit. So now I'm a little nervous. And so um, hit some balls for 20, 30 minutes. I meet my caddy, this guy named David, amazing guy. I mean, fucking just a sweetheart. And he's an older guy. Great dude, been caddying for fucking 30, 40 years. I decided to go to the putting area, and that's when shit scared me. For those of you who don't know, there's levels of how fast a putting green runs. Usually on a PGA Tour, greens will run anywhere from a 12 to a 14. At a 12 or faster, you're talking about an ice skating rink. So imagine trying to put a ball on uh, an ice skating rink. It's fucking like skates. It's just super fast. When you go to a public course, Courses could run like fucking three, four, five, depending on how bad they are. Nice course might run a seven, maybe an eight, you know? A really high-end course that has a PGA Tour coming through, you know, might run a little slower than that, right? And then when it gets to PGA Tour time, 12 to 14. So I go over there, I start practicing putts, and they got LA Golf there. They got um, reps from Titleist, from everything you could think of. And again, Bettinardi is there. They're like, listen, whatever you want, we'll give it to you. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Don't trip. It's all good. Met this dude, Nico, from Bettinardi. Did a few interviews. I took maybe 40 or 50 pictures with fans at this point. And then I'm like, you know what? Let me go inside and, you know, get some water, maybe get a banana and just try to take a shake off this nervousness. So I go inside, I see Bubba Watson, I see Pat Perez. They're chilling at two different tables. I end up sitting with Bubba. We're kicking it. He's showing me his Jordans. And, um, you know, they're both, by the way, Pat and him are both sponsored by Jordan Brand. So they're showing me some one-on-one shoes. We're kicking it. We're going over stuff. He's talking about diamonds and jewelry and all kinds of stuff. And we're kicking it. And at this point, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm, I'm slightly nervous. So we go to the range because Bubba's like, I'm going to hit some balls. And after the range, I go to the chipping area, start hitting some chips. I'm starting to feel really good. I'm like, yo, I'm hitting it really nice. I'm not even pay attention. Um, played three holes the day before. I forgot to mention that. Practice round a little bit. Got to check out the course. Courses again. Very fucking pure. The tour has never been there before. This is a course that uh, Liv is, has gotten exclusively. It is a beautiful fucking course. It was very long. For those of you who play golf, you know long is 7,000. Okay, we played from the tips. It was 7,440 yards. They made special tees for the pros. The pros played almost 7,900 yards. I mean, this is fucking far. I walked eight, nine fucking miles that day. Went over to the putting green after the chipping green. And then Bubba's like, yo, bro, it's time, dog. Let's get it going. Super cool. Dude ain't tripping, nothing. And I'm starting to, I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie to you. 
So my teammates were a guy named Brian Urlacher. He is a 13-year veteran from a uh, um, retired from the Chicago Bears. He's a hometown hero. Um, he is in the Hall of Fame. And the mother team was a guy named uh, Barstool Carl from Barstool Sports. So we get to the first tee box. Now, mind you, when I've played in other proams, there wasn't a gallery. Farmers had a little small one, you know, it was like maybe like 30, 40 people. People follow the holes because I was playing with Rom, obviously, so it was more popular. But it was a full-blown gallery, left and right. I won't say who, but Bubba hits the ball, and I can lie to you, smashes it 300 plus yards out of fear, just fucking gone. Like, just piped it down the fucking fairway. One of the guys hits the ball, it goes deep, OB, out of bounds. It fucking skins someone's head by almost a foot. I get up to the tee box. They're like from Los Angeles, California, celebrity jeweler, Ben Baller. And I get up, you know, I got 45 seconds to hit the ball. I look to the left and I start looking at the dude who almost got hit. And I made eye contact with this dude. I was like, oh, fuck. Ended up piping it down the middle about 225 yards. On the fairway we go, boom. Rules are, out of the three teammates you have in your foursome, the best drive is what you use. From there, you have to completely hole out. You have to go all the way through, okay? And if you make a bogey, then you pick up the fucking ball. You know what I'm saying? And I went out as a 14 handicap, so I got 14 strokes. Now, the thing is, this guy, Brian Erlacher, is like a two or three handicap. This dude hits his eight iron, 100 fucking 90 yards. For some reason, he just had a lot of bad tee shots. And so some of these balls are going fucking 290, 300, but they were so far in the rough and everything else. And this rough was thick as fuck. Like it was super thick. It's fucking hard to hit out of the rough if you guys don't know. So some of my shots were 240, 230, 225, 240, but we're on the, we're on the fairway. So it's just a better shot. But some of them, we decided, fuck it, let's just go for it. Bubba's doing his thing. And around four holes in, I'm starting to get warmed up and I'm starting to feel okay. You know, um, I'm starting to feel cool. I bogeyed a few holes and I'm kind of like, all right, let me turn this shit up. We get to hole five and um, I pipe. I'm talking, I hit my driver as good as you could possibly fucking think, right? And uh, hit my driver, smash it about 275 yards. It went about 240, 250 and it just fucking rolled another 20 yards, right? Now I got 168 yards to the fucking pin. I'm in the rough and I'm in a fucking weird lie. Take out my six iron and I fucking just hit that bitch. And it was, I ain't gonna lie to you, I kind of hit it thin, I missed it. Get on the green. I'm the only motherfucker that gets on the green besides Bubba, right? Now I got a 20 foot putt. I miss the fucking eagle putt by two inches. Two actual inches inches and the line was beautiful and these greens are running fast i'm just trying to get used to it right make birdie on that hole bubba's impressed me and bubba start doing some videos we're shooting some content you know so i get a birdie there next hole fucking birdie next hole par i'm playing out of my fucking mind all right then on the ninth hole get a birdie me and bubba slap hands we're chilling he's going home he's like brother Think about staying an extra day. I want you to come kick it. You know what I'm saying? I can get you straightened out with the plane ticket. Don't trip, whatever. Figure it out. You know, shows me love. Now, I see Kevin Na, and uh, me and Kevin Na 
and our group are playing, um, you know, the next uh, nine holes. It was running a little slower than usual. It was also raining, by the way. I forgot to mention that. And um, funny thing is, get to the 10th hole, birdie, right? Playing out of my fucking mind, two more pars, and then I get to fucking um, the 14th hole, right? Now, this is where it gets crazy. Par five did not have a stroke on this hole, right? I absolutely, furthest drive I've ever had in my entire life in a round, okay? Right down the fucking middle, straight down the middle, just fucking pured it, right? Um, 284, 285. Now, I got 233 to the pin. Kevin Na hits his shot. He's on the green. Some of these greens are fucking like 60 yards wide. They're, they're fucking, no, 67, they're huge. I hit, he hits it um, top left of the green, about 30 feet from the pin. I take out my three wood, step on it. I'm six feet of the pin. I'm on in two, and now I'm putting for eagle. I make my eagle putt, and I go deaf. I lose my fucking mind. By the way, the score, field marshal's like, oh, you know this is three, right? I'm like, yeah, thank you very much for fucking reminding me and putting more pressure on me. When we went into the back nine, we were uh, minus eight, and we we're like lower end of the in the tournament. We're not doing that great. Pat Perez had already finished by the time we got on the back nine. He had finished at minus 21, out of his mind. We're at minus eight. We need a lot of fucking help, right? We ended up finishing minus 16, not gonna lie to you, on God, on everything, I contributed quite a goddamn bit. You know, make that eagle put. I go deaf. I go fucking crazy. I don't even go to get the ball out of the hole. My caddy grabbed it. I high five everyone in the fucking world. Obviously, if you guys follow me on Instagram, I made a video. I went absolutely ape shit. I went fucking crazy. I was like, I cannot believe I made my first actual eagle. The eagle I made at Farmers was using Rom's drive, so that doesn't count. This was all me. And then, you know, the, we we finished off the round and it was just a fucking amazing experience. It was just incredible. Uh, Kevin and me exchanged numbers. We got definitely kick it. He lives in Vegas. And then after that, I was just fucking exhausted. You know, there was a big party afterwards and um, there was a party right down the street well, yeah, from, from the hotel. Went there, kicked it, got some more gift bags, took some more pictures, Got some more stuff, got to the hotel, freshened up, and um, went downstairs for a little bit to kick it. Decided I want to call my kids. I had to call Ron Del Barrio, my coach. Went down. A lot of the players are there. They're chilling, kicking, throwing some beers back and shit like that. Betting on the the Niners-Giants uh, game and just having a good time. I go back to my room because I'm just so fucking ecstatic. Now, I didn't win, right? Obviously, like, Farmer's experience was amazing, but this was... I shot my lowest round I've ever shot, ever. I've shot a 79 twice. I shot a 78 on a fucking way harder course in tournament conditions, field marshals, scores. They were not fucking around, right? It was crazy. Spotters, the whole nine. And I had 14 strokes. So I shot a net 64. So it, it was just an amazing fucking night. Um, next morning, jumped on a plane, and got right back home. Um, I was supposed to leave to Seattle 
Saturday morning and um, come back Sunday night, but I was just so fucking tired. I woke up Friday morning sick as fuck. I thought I had COVID. My throat hurt, whatever else. Took some vitamin C, took some DayQuil, got on the plane, got back. As soon as I got off the fucking plane, I headed straight to my kid's school for homecoming. Hung out with my kids for a couple hours. They left with their mom. I went back. I was fucking tired as shit. Then on Saturday, I go, my coach calls me. Six weeks, he's just, you know, hasn't been able to hit a golf ball, nothing. He's been in the hospital. You know, he had surgery. Go play some more motherfucking golf. You know what I'm saying? It's just fucking nuts. So, um, you know, had some great shots. Got to chop it up with my coach. And then I was like packing, getting ready. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to miss Seattle shit. So realized I had to go to San Diego, you know, and um, I'm here now. And um, I, uh, this is, and that was a pause on purpose. Guys, I, I talk about some personal shit here. I haven't talked to my mom in six months. It's too embarrassed to tell her about the divorce. She didn't know about it for a long time. My sister finally told her. My mom was probably calling me every two to three days. She left me tons of messages, text messaged me. She called me crying. She's like, hey, Ben, don't worry about it. You know, I went through this too. Uh, my mom's 81. And, uh, you know, she's just kept calling me and calling me for, and I just wasn't ready to talk. But I had a great week last week. I had a great week this past week here. And I was like, look, I got an hour and a half drive. I'm going to call my mom. So I talked to my mom for an hour. And we talked about everything. Told her what's going on. She misses the kids like crazy. And I told her when I was going through my darkest, deepest depression, like just, just depressing times, I um, would drive by the old house that we grew up in. And I told her, uh, I found like, you know, some comfort in that for some reason. Where my mom would work, you know, 11, 12 hour days and she'd come home and cook us dinner. We all sit, you know, as a family, me and my brother, my sister, my dad, my mom, and things were just all right. And, you know, uh, my parents got divorced, uh, you know, started running with gangs, got kicked out of five schools. My grades sucked. Now I don't know what the fuck was going to happen. So, you know, um, She's just like, look, I don't care what it is. I don't care what time it is. My mom's the type of person that goes to bed 7, 8 p.m., 9 p.m. at latest, wakes up at 4.30 and goes to work. When she had her bakery, same thing. She had a restaurant. She's a workaholic. You know, even until recently, the doctor's like, yo, you got to chill out. Your heart rate's going too crazy. You're working out too much. You're too active. And um, she's like, I don't care what time you call me. I really want to see you this weekend and um, next weekend. And I want to see the kids and... And I love you and, and I don't care. Whatever you need, I'm here for you. My mom's never really said that to me. It was crazy. But we had a good talk. And uh, shit, man. Yeah, that just, that fucking set me off. You know, it was, it was a great thing. And, and uh, I think right now it's about time to take a commercial break and pay some bills. So let's do that real quick. And uh, we'll be right back, y'all. Our next partner is AG1 the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I wanted better gut health. It feels like I'm doing something good for my body, like I'm giving my body the nutrition it craves. It's an amazing alternative for coffee to get your energy up. 
I've tried a ton of different supplements out, but I love that AG1 is one solution to support whole body health. Since I've been drinking AG1, I've noticed that I have improved my digestion and mental focus. AG1 replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. AG1 is a great bang for my buck as it replaces a lot of other supplements like daily multivitamin, minerals, pre and probiotics for my gut health. Adaptogens and a green blend literally all in one scoop of powder. AG1 helps you build your health foundation first and each serving costs less than $3 a day. If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment for your health, try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash baller. That's drinkag1.com slash baller. Check it out. Make your money work smarter, not harder. With MyBookie, celebrate your winning season with MyBookie's biggest welcome offer ever. A 110% deposit match on your first deposit. Yes, you heard that right. You can more than double your money before you even place a bet by making a deposit with MyBookie. All you have to do is go to MyBookie.ag and use my promo code BENBALLER to claim this bonus. But make sure to act quick because the offer is only available this week. And you can get it with my promo code, Ben Baller. With a full slate of NFL and college football, there are plenty of options to bet and win on. So don't be the guy who missed out. Bet anything, anytime, from anywhere. Only with my bookie. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever find that, uh, Just as you're trying to fall asleep, your brain suddenly won't stop talking. Do your thoughts start racing before bed or at other inopportune moments? It turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma, etc. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash baller today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash baller. What's up, guys? We are back. Um, I want to talk about a reason why I'm down here in San Diego. I'm doing something really important, and I'm glad I could use my platform. And I really mean this because I'm not making a fucking penny out of this. I'm actually coming out of my pocket at a time that I don't really have the financial situation to be doing this, honestly, because there's just a lot that's been going on. Um, But I want to talk about this charity called the 100 Whole Hike Charity, okay? And I want to say, you know, when I was a kid, if you would have asked me if I played golf, I probably would have laughed at you guys, right? But for real, looking back now, 
I truly wish I picked up a club back then. I came to golf late in life, but the pathways this game has opened up for me are really unbelievable. The parallels, insane. New friends, new relationships, new experiences. And that's just a short while ago. And I would have never thought this was possible. That's the power of the game. And that's why I'm teaming up with TaylorMade Golf to take on the 100-hole hike in support of Youth On Course. This dope nonprofit gives kids around the world the opportunity to plug into golf at an affordable rate. Golf is expensive. That's one of the biggest hurdles. This program takes the hurdle and tosses it to the side. So I need you guys to hit that donate button to support my hike and Youth On Course. If you want to find the link and more information about the 100-hole hike, click the link on my bio on Twitter, Instagram, threads, whatever. It's my link tree, okay? And you will find all the information there. Guys, yes, I am playing a hundred fucking holes, okay? No joke. This is nuts. This is where it gets crazy. And this is where it becomes big. You guys know the kingdom. This is the exclusive tailor-made training and fitting center. It's where Tiger Woods trains and Dustin Johnson, Rory, Colin Morikawa, Tommy Fleetwood, all those guys, right? Scotty Scheffler. We are running a sweepstakes where anyone who donates $5 or more is automatically entered to win a kingdom experience and a full bag of tailor-made equipment. Do you guys know it could cost 10, 15 grand? And some people pay and still can't get in because it's impossible to get into the kingdom. $5. You donate $5 or more and you get a chance to win an experience at the kingdom and get a full bag of tailor-made equipment, clubs, driver, all that shit, okay? So don't forget, 100 whole height, guys. And I'm doing this shit in less than two months, and it's amazing. I really cannot believe that. This is just, it's just you know, that's one thing. That's why I'm so involved in London Riders School. Uh, they're on the golf team at school, and I'm here in San Diego. I'm here training. I'm actually headed to the kingdom right now. It's a fucking blessing. I've not been here in six months. And uh, let me see, hold on. May, yeah, six months. Anyways, guys, um, the Wash Lord Oceanside Scramble is three weeks away. All right, guys, I'm fucking excited. I played Arrowwood yesterday. It is so fucking pure right now. This course is better than country clubs that I've played at. It is an amazing place. The staff is amazing. The food is good. It is just a great fucking course and I'm so fucking excited to have you know my fall scramble here you know obviously the major second annual uh Wash Lord Invitational will be in April Bubba Watson has already told me he wants to come Pat Perez wants to come I'm gonna have them as grandmasters it's gonna be lit it's gonna be a good ass time for all the BTB members and all the subscribers that are coming man you guys are gonna have a fucking blast by the way guys right now I'm playing like four or five rounds a week I'm getting it fucking in and in just a few hours, I'm going to be playing with two BTB Army people, uh, actually subscribers as well. Some of these guys are driving far just to play Arrowwood. So I'm fucking excited to play with them. Then we play with my cousin Pete, who um, at one point was going to go to the tour. He did all the junior tournaments with all the guys. And uh, 
We're going to have a blast. And by the way, if you are a subscriber, remember when I go to a different city, I always try to meet up with people. You know what I'm saying? So tonight, um, if you're listening to this podcast early, you know, and if you're a subscriber, hit up bbdtc213 at gmail.com. I'm doing a little meetup tonight. I am going to have a little four-person breakfast tomorrow. It's Tuesday. I'm going to do that somewhere in Carlsbad or maybe Encinitas or maybe in Cardiff or maybe in uh, Lucadia. But, uh, yo, you never know. You know what I'm saying? I'm just doing this for the subscribers. So obviously, that is a big, big, big perk of being a subscriber. Now, I've always told people, please, send me a show you might think I like and whatever else. And a subscriber sent me a show and I needed something to watch on the airplane going to Chicago. And I was like, you know what? I'll check this shit out. Show's called White Collar. It's been off the air for some years now. I think the show started in 09. Fucking show is good. I like this show a lot. It is a good fucking show. So if you haven't checked out White Collar, check it out. Get it on Hulu. Um, I think you might be able to get it somewhere else, but it, it, it's a good show. Um, I'm almost, well, no. Eh, I'm almost done with the first season. But yeah, it's good. What else? Oh, finally, episode four of Force, Power Book Four. Force, this episode finally was fucking lit. Tommy is really getting into his gangster shit right now. Starting to get crazy. And it is just, man, it's fucking, it's amazing. Um, my kids are super obsessed with horror movies right now. Freddy Krueger, Jason, Friday the 13th, Halloween, all that shit. Right on them, they just love fucking scary movies. But then they get all scared and shit. I will not let them watch Conjuring. I will not let them watch any insidious fucking movie or Annabelle or The Nun and like shit like that. You know, some of the shit is just too much. Friday the 13th, it is kind of gory here and there. But, you know, I did that shit when I was 11, 12 years old. But, yeah, uh, Five Nights at uh, Freddy's is, um, is that what it's called? Five Nights at Freddy's or some shit? I don't know. They want to see that shit really bad. I'm going to figure it out. But, yeah, man, um, I miss my kids so much. Uh, I saw them briefly on Friday, but because I was in Chicago, I had to miss out. And I, and I had to do this. I, I had to start getting on with my life right now and start getting, uh, you know, some work going and start really getting out there and really... Um, you know, just really just start living my life again. You know, I'm, I'm really finishing up some of the bullshit that really was unnecessary, but it, it's gone on. And someone asked me, um, yo, when are you going to start dating? I have absolutely no desire to date, right? And I think I said this a few weeks ago. I went to a George Lopez show. And he said, you know what the scariest thing a woman can say to a man in his 50s? And I was like, what the fuck's he going to say? It was, it's when a woman says, I want to fuck all night long. And he's absolutely fucking right. That's the last fucking thing I want to do. Like, sorry for the not suitable for work language and shit. But like, man, my dick has mileage. I'm less like, man, I just don't care. You know, obviously, I'm not looking for anything. I'm not even tripping. It's not where I'm at in my mind. There's no infidelity that was going on during the marriage and like that. Um, I have a lot of girlfriends that were friends and whatever. And I think, you know, that obviously probably made Nicolette insecure about certain things, whatever. I give a fuck she hung out with 50 guys. I just never cared. I think that obviously bothered her too. And maybe that was not the way to be. But um, I mean, I've just never been a jealous guy. 
Um, but you know, you never know, right? You might meet somebody, you might do this. As far as where I'm at in my life right now, I got married late in life because of whatever. Did I ever think I'd be divorced? Honestly, no, I didn't. Didn't cross my mind once. But yeah, I got no, never say never. But I just don't think at this time in my life, my, my focus is being a dad. My focus is getting to the bag. My focus is just, just, just having fun, playing golf. I don't give a fuck about anything else. Just care about my kids and golf. So, you know, if I meet somebody and it's cool and, you know, occupy my time just for no reason, then who knows? But someone asked about that, you know, and, and whatnot and whatever. But yeah, anyways, on the sports again, you know, I knew Colorado was going to have a hard time with, with Oregon, right? But, you know, part of me was like, look, they could get it in. You never know. You never, never know. And then I turn on the TV and the Buffalo's getting their ass whooped. Now, at halftime, they were getting fucking killed. And they interviewed the coach from Oregon. He was like, look, they're like, are you satisfied with what's going on? He goes, not really. Think we could have did better and whatever else. Shut them out. Fucking, what was it? It was 32 nothing at the fucking at halftime. I forgot. It was crazy. It was nuts. And um, I was like, Jesus Christ. This is fucking crazy. This is nuts. And, you know, he said a powerful speech before they went out there to play Colorado. And he's like, look, God, man, these guys are out here playing for clicks. We're out here playing for a fucking wins and for championships. And he gave, he gave a hell of a speech. And they definitely whooped Coach Prime's ass. But, you know, I've seen a lot of racism come out. And I don't like to use that word. You start seeing the haters and shit and motherfuckers talking shit and you see all this stuff. And Coach Prime does. You don't understand what this motherfucker's done for that program. And it's already surpassed anybody's expectation. They're going to be a great team. You know? Yeah, Hunter's out, whatever. But it's unfortunate. It is what it is. Now, on baseball, Dodgers, look, man. Need y'all to step up. I can't have Miles Davis talking shit about this fucking shit. And... I know I did say I want to get to subscribing it up at the Dodger game, and I will try to do it. I got so much shit going on, but I definitely want to do that. Um, on the football NFL, I am sad. Last minute. It wasn't very hard to get rid of my tickets, but I had to. Um, Seahawks played Carolina. We got in that ass. I don't feel like at any point that they were going to come back in the game. We really dominated, played well. Sad I couldn't go. Was looking forward to being in Seattle. It's funny. London Ryder really want to go to Seattle next time. I might go out there, so try to get them out there. But we won. Got the W. That two-point conversion was sweet. Fucking Gino was scrambling. Got fucking Lockett. Converted that two. I'm just happy we got a W. So it's victory Monday for the Seahawks. But even better, the bitch-ass Dallas Cowboys lost. Not only did they lose, they lost to the worst fucking team in the NFL. The fucking Cardinals. Like, really, bruh? No, but really? Like, for real? <laughs> it's fucking crazy, man. But yeah, um, you know, I haven't really fucked with crypto in a really long time, guys. You know what I'm saying? I just haven't. And I got invited by my boy Norton. He's been on the show. You might know him as Phase Rain. So one of the co-founders and owners of Face Clan. Introduced me to this app, Friend Tech. And I just don't get it. Uh, it's just such a weird fucking app. And I, I tried to figure it out. I just I just can't. And I'm just, I'm over it. Don't care. If someone cares to give me a one-on-one breakdown on friend tech, then I'll go back on there and join and, and figure it out and whatever. It just seems like a fucking shit show. It's crazy because there's been news all over the place about 
NFTs being nearly worthless, right? 95% down. Board apes that were worth fucking $1.82 million are worth like 56000 Other NFTs are bad. My NFT failed. You know, it was just a fucking tough situation, you know? It just got me thinking like, God damn, this is just fucking, you know, not easy. It's just a, it's a fucking weird time that we're going through right now. Now, as bad as that is, I know I talked about this last week. I'm pretty sure I did. But this Vegas hacker situation, it's actually starting to get crazier because I'm not really hearing about it on the internet as much as I should. And I found out the the hacker that took the MGM resorts down is from Los Angeles. And it's fucking crazy because it got way deeper than I thought. He's got all the people's info. And MGM owns 38 resorts across the world. They're losing like $12 million a day. And it's still fucked up. You know, it's, it's affected the elevators, the computers, the slot machines and everything. And Caesars had gotten hacked, right? And they, they asked, I forgot what the fuck it was. It was 25 or 30 million, something. It wasn't anything crazy, right? Because they're a multi-billion dollar company, but they paid it. But MGM is just, wow, it's been fucked up. But I just feel like it's something that should be talked about more. Um, I didn't want to talk about this just because I don't really got anything against Barstool. There's there's some personal issues with people I'm affiliated with with Barstool. But damn, there's a lot of fucking hate over a goddamn pizza festival. And I understand why there is. So part of me is like, let this stupid motherfucker do his little stupid ass pizza fucking festival, whatever. And just the fact that like some of the narrative going around, you know, and there are real allegations against this man about, you know, shit that he's done in the past and how he's behaved and he tried to do good. And you think about it at one point, you know, I noticed that some of the biggest scumbags in the world have been involved in major philanthropy. Jeffrey Epstein, Bill Cosby, you know, people like that. So it's like, part of them are like, look how much good I've done. But then you think about how much bad have you done, right? When you go on a golf course and you cheat somebody, you're gambling, you're like, okay, that's a scumbag. You don't want to fuck with these type of people, especially if some people you kick it, you spend four or five hours playing around with, right? You look at that person different. You know, when you cheat, steal, whatever, you know, then you got people who are like, oh, I'll never cheat on my wife. It's like different things. I don't think people understand. It's just the mentality, right? Like someone could have an affair and then would never steal any money from somebody, would never lie to anybody about something that hurt. Like like when I say, I'm sorry, like that, that involved like money and things like that. Now this is involving someone else's heart and you're fucking, it's dishonest and everything else. But really they all kind of correlate. You know, and I thought about that a lot. And I was just thinking about, you know, um, Lance Armstrong, again. Yeah, he did steroids. He did performance-enhancing drugs. But did he hurt anybody? By beating somebody out, maybe fucking up certain things. But as far as what he's done for cancer research, I'll let that one slide, me personally. But like, shit that's going on against Portnoy and stuff like that, Look, man, I ain't wasting any fucking time trying to fucking, you know, stand on a soapbox and fuck with this dude. But I just wanted you to understand that they try to tie everything to left and right in politics, and it's not always about that. And before we end this show right now, I want people to understand 
it ain't always about racism. Sometimes you're just a bad person. Sometimes motherfuckers just don't like you. Sometimes you know you committed a crime. And yes, you've changed your life around. And that's for you, not for them. But like I said about Russell Brand before, still got to pay back to society for shit that you fucked up on. So, I don't know, man. It's been a good week. I'm excited. I think this is going to be a great week. I got some big shit coming up this week that I can't talk about. And it's not like it's a good thing. Just, oh, I could be good or bad. I don't know. But I got my kids and um, I'm going to have Jimmy Boy jump on again. And we got some shit popping. And I can't wait to fucking relaunch this brand. And I can't, again, I cannot wait to really just start my life and get on the other side. I'm not on the other side yet. We're almost there. All right. But before we leave, I do got to say, I really am against censorship. And I want you guys to understand. I have talked to very few people by choice. But if you ever meet someone half as good as Jordan or Miles, you hold those fucking people in your arms. When they're not around, you think about these people. When you're not around, you pray for people like that. So, happy Yom Kippur to all my Jewish fam out there, especially Jordan. And guys, remember, be better today than you were yesterday. Be a better person this week than you were last week. Always try to do better. All right? I love y'all. I will see you next Monday. Same bad time, same bad channel. All right, y'all. Rock out with some Lakey Lake. I'm out of here, y'all. Peace.